God's house. I welcome all of you once again to Zion's worship. Uh, it's a privilege and honor to be here this morning um, and to serve God with all of you together. As the songs, um, you know, they were singing, there's no regrets. We don't hold back anything that belongs to God. And this morning, as we all gather together in the house, um, you know, it's just reminding that how good, how faithful our God is in our life. My friends, um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here, being here. Uh, you are valued. We love you. Um, and together, as we grow in our Christian faith, I believe that we will grow in the wisdom that God has given us, building each other encouraging one another we all have downfalls we all have flaws in our life but we encourage one another in this journey nobody is greater than anybody else who is greater in our life only Jesus as we look into the face of who our savior is he walked on this earth walked our journey already and he has crossed this path and he's waiting for us on the other side in the midst of confusions, in the midst of all problems and circumstances that lead you astray. My friends, just look at who is leading us onto the face of our Savior. He is calling us to the other side. And as we look unto Him, we find peace. We find peace. Once again, I'd like to welcome all our newcomers here who are here for the very first time. Um, we thank you so much that you are here with us and, you know, uh, you know, the King family that is here. We thank you so much once again. Y'all are most welcome whenever you travel through Dallas. Make arrangements or make plans. You know, you can be with us. And this is going to be, I, I believe this is a different kind of worship that you're experiencing today. And But um, no matter what language, what color, what background, you know, we all worship one God, one true God. And that's the beauty of being in this house this morning. Uh, once again, I'd like to welcome the others, also Sean's family is here, Brother Siju's family is here that I was reminded. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. God bless you. And all those who are celebrating their birthdays and anniversary and any important date that you have in your life, may the Lord continue to give peace into your life situation. You know, this morning as I was, uh, uh, yesterday night, it was kind of a battle as I was, sorry. Yesterday night, it was kind of a battle as I was, you know, preparing the, the word. You know, I had a word. For the church, you know, almost three, four days ago as I was preparing on that. And yesterday night, somehow the Lord was leading me. And I did not feel peace about that word at all to preach this morning. Sometimes, you know, y'all, you know, when you minister, you have that kind of a feeling when you don't have the peace for, you know, the word that you already have prepared. And yesterday night as I was preparing again and again, you know, I was hearing, you know, my, my house is more like a prayer tower right now after my parents have come over. You know, I don't, you know, they continue, they, they are up, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock, they are praying. This morning I woke up, you know, my parents were praying and, you know, they, some, they remember some of y'all's name, you know, as they met, you know, with some people yesterday during the picnic. And I was just thinking, you know, they were just praying out loud, God, God, bless them, God, you know, just taking out your name. So my house is more like a prayer tower right now. Yesterday I was up till almost two, three o'clock and I was just preparing and, and the Lord was just leading me in a different direction. And then I came to our service this morning. 
I was talking to our youth and I, they already know what I'm going to preach this morning. And then as I was sitting there, our dear pastor, Pastor Baby, he came forward and he reminded the church from 2 Timothy. That's the exact same thing that I wanted to preach in the, this church. Pastor Sam's message was a continuation of where Pastor Baby um, uh, uh, finished. And this morning, I want to continue where the, the two other servants have left it. You know how God works? Are you with me, church? You know how God, God's, His ways, His works are so mysterious, we can't understand. But He is working. We don't see Him, but He is working. Yeah. All that we have to do is recognize the move of Holy Spirit in our midst. That's what differentiates us from any other church. Father, hallelujah, bless us. That we will recognize your spirit. We will recognize, oh Lord, that you are moving in our midst. Let's turn our scriptures to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse, verse 3 to 14. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 to 14. We're going to read it very carefully and understanding. I'm not going to share the background because already Pastor has mentioned about the background. It was part of my notes to mention about it. But since Pastor's already mentioned it, you know, I don't want to go into the, the background of the scriptures. We all know scriptures you know, we, we have been reading these scriptures forever. But um, may I pray that um, the Lord might give us some new revelations and help us to renew ourselves in this journey, in this faith. I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. By the way, we had a beautiful picnic yesterday. Thank you so much for all of you who came out. Uh, it, was, it was cold outside, but still some of you uh, braved and all of our Apachin and Amachis, I was like, you know, they were all covering up in their jackets, laying up. And uh, you were there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It makes me happy to be part of such a church that is united together in the cause of um, kingdom purpose. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 to 14. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayer. What a beautiful way. I love the writings of Paul. If it was not for Paul, I don't think we will have the gospel. If it was not for Paul who started a new trend, he was never afraid to start something new. What his ancestors did, and he, this is what he is, he is encouraging the church this morning. I thank God whom I serve. Number one that I understand is he has a clear conscience of whom he serves. He has a thorough understanding of who uh, he represents. He has a clear understanding of whom he represents as he ministers the word of God. And as he writes this letter of encouragement to Timothy, uh, he, we know from the background that this guy is now in the jail and he has no hope of coming out of the jail because he's in the second time and he's he probably, he will be ex executed in the next couple of weeks or months. He has no hope to come out, but Still, look at the words of encouragement that he brings out into the lives of his fellow disciple or an apostle that he has raised or a pastor that he has raised under his leadership. And he says, I thank God whom I serve. And that's very important in every individual or every leader's life. You have to know and recognize whom you serve. Whom are we serving this morning? It's not for fame that I serve. It's not for money I serve. It's not for anything else of the worldly possessions I serve. But I serve the most holy God. And I look up to Him. I serve Him. I serve Him. Praise the Lord. Paul has a clear conscience that he serves God. 
The next thing that we want to just look into for a few minutes, you know, as time permits, is the, the clear conscience. The devil is always behind your conscience. He puts guilt traps in your life to make you away from the presence of God. Of the things that you might have done in your past. Of the things that has come up in your life, in your journey as you make through this world. The devil always comes back into your life and he puts all this guilt in your life. Are you with me church? For your bad behaviors before you came to the Lord. Or after you came to the Lord. For your, all, your, or, or, all the work that you have done that is now right and appropriate in the eyesight of God. The devil continues to put all kinds of guilt in your life. But Paul is reminding and encouraging Timothy here. You know what? I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. With a clear conscience. I have no regrets. That I follow the law that my parents have followed. I have no regrets that I worship a God who my parents have worshipped. But does it end there? I'm glad that Paul had his own interventions in life. You know, Paul's background, when we come across his parents, his, they, I don't think they had a privilege of knowing Jesus. His ancestors worshipped the Jewish patterns. But still, Paul had a difficult or a season in his life where he had a different encounter that changed and transformed his life forever. What was that on the road to Damascus? He had an encounter that changed the journey of his life. Yes, he worshipped like his ancestors, but that day was his personal encounter that changed the direction of his life. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. What is your personal encounter? Have you forgotten it? If you have, go back to it. Remember your experience with the Lord. And renew in your spirit. And this morning my message is about fanning the flame that God has already birthed in our life. And as Paul reminds Timothy, he's fanning his own flame. He's reminding that I have a clear conscience. Yes, I worship the Lord of my ancestors, but I know whom I serve. I know whom I serve. Hallelujah. And that's the attitude of a Christian in this journey, in this walk of our life. That I know whom I serve. I have a clear conscience. I serve the most high living God. Verse 4 says, um, the, the, the second part of verse 3 says, I constantly remember you in my prayers. What an attitude. What an attitude. Where is Paul right now? In the dungeon. But he is interceding and he is praying for a disciple that he has raised. Come on, what an attitude. Do we get to pray for people when you are going through sufferings and trials? But can I tell you that? Can I tell you something? When you are in your lowest positions of life and if you can pray for someone else, that is building your life too. Oh, that is, that is fanning your own flames. Sometimes what happens is, you know, when we go through deeper struggles and situations, you just think about, I just think about myself and not anybody else. Are you with me? I just think about how can I come out of this prison? How can I come out of this prison of offense? Can, how can I get out of this place? All that I'm thinking is how I can come out. But 
Paul here is reminding himself that day and night I am praying for you. Come on, folks. That's the attitude that Paul is reminding our church that I might be behind bars. I might be in shackles, but still I am praying for the one whom God has allowed me to appoint, whom God has allowed me to anoint, whom God has allowed me to pastor. I am praying for you. As a believer, as a Christian, as a leader of different groups here, I'm asking you, pray for people around you. In your deeper situations, pray for people around you. And that will help your faith. Praise the Lord. Oh, Paul, what a beautiful lifestyle he's practicing. We can follow him as he commands the church. As we go forward, we see one more thing that, I, that kind of encouraged me in this. Is that recalling, verse 4, recalling your tears. I long to see you. It's my desire. I long to see you. Paul knows his situation. But still he says, I long to. I long to see you. He didn't, just, he didn't just start a church, raised a leader and walk on his next journey. But what something about Paul's ministry was, as he was writing these letters, he is encouraging them. Probably if Paul was alive in today's generation, I believe you know, he would have used all kinds of media to encourage people. Back in those days, writing a letter was the most advanced or sophisticated means of communication within you know, other groups or other nations or, or, or towns. And Paul was using that in order to communicate with his people. And I believe if Paul was alive today, he might have used TV or he might use Facebook or he might use any means of communication to communicate with his fellow brothers and sisters. He's encouraging Letting people know I long to see you. Why? Because I know, I know as we read the behind the, the you know, b below the, the scriptures that we understand that somewhere, you know, Timothy was feeling very all alone in the midst of some struggles that they were going through. And scholars help us to understand. And during this time, Paul is just trying to help Timothy to build his faith. In the midst of those struggles, hold your faith. Guard your faith. Do not let the, the world quench down the flames of heaven. Guard your faith. Verse 5 reminds us, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first I saw in your grandmother Lois. Next I saw it in your mother Eunice. And now I see the same flame in your heart too. Paul, as a servant of God Almighty, he notices the different generations and, and he recognizes the faith that was impacted in the life of, of Timothy from his grandmother. Do we have some grandmothers here who are raising up Timothys? Do we have some mothers here who are raising up some Timothys? It's not just the calling of Paul into the life of Timothy, but it was also the work of the grandmother and also the work of the mother that laid the course for who Timothy could become. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm praying that we will be a generation that will raise some, some Timothys in between us. 
that we will show them the direction. We will show them the faith. And the Timothys within our household, I would like to ask you and encourage you. And whenever people correct you over things, accept it. If there are mistakes that we can correct, accept it. And correct ourselves. Together we are one body. Together when we, are, we are one family in the work of the Lord. I am reminded of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded now this faith lives in you also. Verse 6. For this reason I remind you. And that's where this morning I wanted to uh, look into the first three portion. The first three verses were more of like a background to what I wanted to share. But verse 6 is for this also. For this reason I remind you. To fan your flame. For what reason? For this reason. For what reason? The faith that was transferred in you from your grandmother. The faith that was transferred in you from your mother. Now for this reason that the faith is continuously burning within yourself. You got to fan your flame. For this reason, I remind you to fan your fan into flame the gift of God. Which is in you through the laying of my hands. Fan the gift of God. Fan the gift of God. All of us here, we all give. You know, sometimes what happens in, in church, um, we elevate one gift or the other. Some of us think that, you know, the, preach, the, the, the ministry of preaching is greater than something else. But can I tell you something? You know, somebody who comes during the week to clean up this area too... His gift is also great. Some of us have a calling. You know, we teach in Sunday schools. You know, your gift is also great. We don't have to, you know, lift one gift or the other. The work that you put up in the church, you know, it is equally great in the eyesight of God. Sometimes it's very important that we got to fan the flames continuously so it's not quenched down it's not watered down praise the lord you know well um i remember when i whenever i used to go to kerala to visit my amachi and i was there for a week you know she had that um a place uh you know where she put the wood logs in order to make the curry or rice and stuff you know as she puts that you know after maybe five minutes or ten minutes the fire comes down and, and, and in order for the fire to continue burning, she takes more logs and she puts in that. Most of you are from, you know, Kerala, if you visited, you might have seen that. Or some of our parents here, you might have done it, right? We take more logs and we put it so that the fire is continuously burning. And also at times what happens is when the new logs are put in, you know, it such happens that, you know, the, 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 the flames cannot continue. And at that time, I've seen my Amachi taking a fan or a newspaper or any book or magazine and she started fanning it. She started fanning it. And she also, I've seen sometimes she also blows into it so that, you know, there's, there, there's some sort of a chain reaction that takes place. And, and the, 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 the logs that already had some spark or some uh, fire, it will be transferred into the new logs, the new wood, so that the fire is continuous process. Are you with me, church? Yeah. 
the darkness around us, the people around us, the storms that rage against us and everything that goes around us always has one intention and that is to quench the fire of God in our life. But it is our journey, it is our determination, it is what we do to keep the flames flowing, to keep the flames going, to keep this lamp burning within ourselves. So never let it down. Never let it down. Never let it down. Never let it down. And this morning as I preach, I minister here, I want to remind our church that no matter what the gift of God is placed in your life, you and me, we ought to keep it burning. We ought to keep it going. We ought to keep it burning in our life. So we have to fan it. What are you doing for your faith to grow in Christ? What are you doing for your gifts to grow in, in His body? What are we doing to make sure that we are growing continuously in the sight of God Almighty with the gifts that God has placed in our life? What are we doing? Are we doing intentionally? Or are we just going because we are like leaves that just want to flow here and there with the course of the wind? No, my friend. Let the lamp, let the fire keep burning in our life continuously. My friend, God has birthed something new in your life. Let it burn within yourself for the purpose that God has placed and anointed. Devil wants to quench it down. You know, uh, we, we look into the book of Job and we see that Job was a guy who was fully for God Almighty. His wife accused him. His friends betrayed him. People around him surrounded and, and they said, go die. Curse God and go die. But what did Job say? I will not do that. He continues. He was, in other words, in, in, in reading through the scriptures, I would, I would like to say that he was, he, was, he was fanning his own flames of faith in God Almighty, even in the midst of his own persecution. He was left alone, but he was fanning his own faith. In God, you might be all alone in this journey. But remember one thing, my friend. Remember this, that God, that God is with you. You may not see him, but he is with you, working for your behalf. What are we doing intentionally to fan the flames within ourselves? Oh, recover love on yourself. We want to be a church that fans the flames and never lets it down. Yes, yes. Our intentions have to be right that we move forward with it. Amen. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying of hand. It has been passed on to you from somewhere else. Your source is something else. It has been passed on to you and now you got to fan into the flame. Fan the flame. Somewhere we have lost our passion. As we, um, you know, the other day I was talking to someone and I said, as, as, you know, brother, please, you know, you have to come for services. And I yeah, pastor, it's okay, we will come. You know, they, they have lost their passion. They have lost their passion. My friends, I urge you as a fellow brother in Christ that reignite the passion you had once for the cause of this gospel. This book that we have here. It is here because of the price paid by many leaders. Last week we heard about what has happened in Texas. In our own land. There's a price that has 
been paid by many, many of our forefathers and ancestors. We sometimes take it for granted for what they have done. My friends, fan the flames for the next generation. Generation to generation, they must see the light that is burning. I am thankful for some of my, uh, you know, uh, uh, pastoral mentors and leaders that I see that have reignited the flames in their lives. And I see the light shining in them. And now for me, it's my personal prayer that people after me would see the same flame burning within myself. It is generation after generation. One has to see the flame. The light shines and the darkness cannot overcome it. Arise and shine for your light has come. And when that light shines, nations and people and generations and children around you will see. Communities around you will see that light. But my friend, it so happens that during this journey, during this journey, during this journey, every struggle around us wants to succumb the, the flames that God has ignited within ourselves. But it is our duty to fan the flames of faith that we continuously burn for His kingdom. For His kingdom. And this morning, my word is, friends, if you see in yourself, if your passion has died down, reignite it today. Reignite the passion that you have for Christ. And walk in faith with the Lord that your next generation will see. Oh, come on somebody. I want to see some Lois Ammachis in our midst. I want to see some Eunice Ammachis in our midst. So that the next generation will follow after you. Dear dads, your children must follow you. Show them the passion you have for Christ. Children, youngsters, yeah, you will all be married one day and you will have your own families. But you got to have your passion rebirth, reignited that your next generations can see and follow what you are following. Where is your passion today? Where is your flame today? Are you still burning that people could see around you? Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the fire is lit, there are things that happen. You will feel the warmth. Does people feel the warmth around you when, you, when they sit with you? The warmth of your love? If not, somewhere you lost your passion. You're not being intentional. Oh, when you go near the flame, it, you will know you're near the flame. This flame will make sure that you recognize you're around it. Does people recognize the gift that God has placed in your heart, in your life? Somewhere you have lost the passion. Reignite it, my friends. Reignite it. As we, as we look forward, verse 7 is beautiful. As Paul reminds, he's encouraging Timothy here. In verse 7, Paul is encouraging Timothy. He says that for the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid. But gives us power, love, and self-discipline. It is not a spirit of fear or to make us timid in what we have to do. But the Spirit of God is a spirit of power in our life. Oh, we all love power, right? 
we all love the word power. The moment we hear the word of power in our Bible, it's like, you know, God is giving us some supernatural power. Yes, indeed. When the Spirit of God, which is dwelling in your hearts, which is dwelling inside of you, it gives you the power not to beat somebody else. Not to destroy someone else. This power is not to destroy people. For the Spirit of God gave us power. Not a spirit of fear. And I've seen people in my journey of this ministry. and um, They are scared of doing things. They're scared of speaking up. They're scared of speaking in the public. They're scared of standing in the, in the midst of a crowd. They're scared. God has not given you a spirit of fear, my friend. Overcome that. It's the spirit of power. Love and self-discipline. Now, let's just, just stay on that words for a moment. You know, when we talk about the, the spirit of power, the spirit of power is to break down and also to build. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9, we see the entire a uh, conversation between God and Jeremiah. And Jeremiah says, God, I can't do it. I cannot speak. I, I, have the, I, don't have, I don't think I have the abilities for the qualification and for the task you are appointing me to. I can't do it. But God said, I will touch your lips. I will touch your lips. And you know what the promise or the prophetic word that God gave to Jeremiah? He said that I am appointing you. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9. Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow and to build and to plant. And that is the most beautiful thing about a calling that you have received in your lives. It's not just to tear down and, and destroy, but it's also to build. It is to build, my friends. How many lives and families have you built? I am trying, God, help me that, that if there are families around me that you have given, if under my leadership you have given me families, help me, Lord, that I will build their lives. Help me, Lord, that I will... Around you. In your neighborhood, in your communities, in your workforce, in your schools and colleges, in your rooms, my friends, there are people that whose life has to be built and it should be built according to the principles of this gospel. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have my words in your mouth to build. Timothy, you got to fan your flame. Do I, am I speaking to some Timothys here? Timothys, you got to fan your flame. The gift of God that is placed in your life. You got to fan your flame. Can I tell you something? Your, the gift that God gave you, it's not just your personal gift. It is a gift that has to be utilized and used in His kingdom. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. You know, there is so much power in sharing. Some of us think that, oh, God has given me a gift and I don't want to use it with anybody. But I, I tell you something. The greatest joy is when you share your gifts. The gift that God has given you within the church communities. It has to be shared. It has to be broken and shared. When it is shared, kingdom is established. 
I've been reading about the, the kingdom of God. In January, we, are done, we will be doing a series titled as the, the kingdom. When you talk about the kingdom, you must always and I understand that kingdom principles has to flow through what heaven is, earth will be like. It is from heaven to earth. We belong, we are citizens of some other kingdom, right? Yes, we are the citizens of U.S., but at the same time, we are, not at the same time, but we know that we are the citizens of heaven. Heaven is colonizing earth. You're part of that citizen. Oh, come on. For almost 400 years, I believe, 250 or 400 years, the British Empire ruled India. They colonized different places. Before they took over Delhi, before they, they took over, over the Mughals uh, who were ruling India, they, they slowly and slowly colonized different parts of India, different territories of India. They overcome the different princely states of India. They colonized and what they made is they, they made us to drink chai like them. They made us to dress up like them. They brought education that was available in British in India. Colonization. What is happening in our life? As a Christian, you and me are part of that kingdom. We are influencing this kingdom right here intentionally. And we have to keep our flames burning all the time. So that people around us will know and recognize this light is of a different kind. Oh, this flame is something else. It is of a different kind. And people have to come to it. You're part of that kingdom colonizing earth. You are here for a reason and know your reason. Timothy, don't be afraid because the spirit that is within yourself is not a spirit of fear, but it is a spirit of power. Understand? Understand your calling? Know the power that rests in you. And that's why I went back to Jeremiah because, you know, as, as Paul is referring to the power of God, Paul is reminding that you, the, the spirit of God that is within yourself is the, the spirit of power and of love. So it's not just power that goes and demolishes and, 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 and destroys everything, but it is also the spirit of love that builds one another. You're called to be a builder in this God's kingdom. The anointing in your life is to build one another. Families, take up and know your responsibility in his kingdom. God has anointed and appointed you to be a builder for his kingdom. Oh, come on somebody. You may not have the talents, but you have the gift of God in your life. You may not know everything, how it will be possible, but all that you have to do is just keep continuing to fan the flames that God has birthed in your life. And that will help you to build one another. This morning, I'm more on a teaching more than on my regular preaching style. I'm not very comfortable on the teaching side, but I'm trying to because God has, he was just talking to me yesterday night. I was just spending time in prayer that tell my church to fan their flames. Fan their flame. Somewhere your passion has come down. So today, as an apostle, as a pastor, as a leader, as your, your, your brother in Christ, I stand here and I urge you, my friends, my families, reignite the flame. 
and also our family who are visiting us from different places, wherever, whichever church you attend, encourage the, your, 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 your co-believers there. Fan your flame. The wind outside, the world outside always looks forward to put down your flame. But God within yourself has to be shown and revealed through your light. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Then the Lord reached out. And this morning, the Lord is reaching out His hand to some of our lives. The Lord is reaching out His hand to some of our mouths. You might be saying, I don't have the right words I don't know how I will do it, but I'm saying, my friend, my Lord is reaching out his hand. He will put his words. What are the words of God? The words of God was always to build. When his word was released into this empty and formless world, everything came into existence. His world was to build. And this morning, it's the same word of God that is resting within yourself. When you use it, my friend, it will build lives another. It will build lives in, 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 in wherever you encounter people, it will build their lives. Fan your flame. Reignite your passion. The last part is, you know, uh, in the scripture that we see there, but gives us power love, and self-discipline. One of the things that we have to understand through self-discipline there is to be consistent in what you're doing. You know, we get bogged down with a lot of work that comes into our, we want to take everything into it, and we want to do everything that was given to us. But even in the midst of all that we continue to do, we have to recognize and understand the greatest purpose of you here is not to make a lot of wealth and money and whatever you could accumulate. The greatest purpose of you here is to colonize this planet for kingdom. You're an ambassador of that kingdom. You're appointed by that kingdom. You're called, separated and sent by that kingdom. Every kingdom has a king and people. Bible is all about a king and his people. Bible is about a kingdom principle. You're appointed by that king. Know who has sent you. And that's why I like Paul when he addressed and he said, I know whom I serve. My friends, this morning my message is to fan your flames. If you're watching us, you know, um, last week somebody watched me, watched our live service from, I forgot the place name, and, and, and they texted me. And so this morning, if you're watching us live, I want to encourage you. But saying that, fan your flame wherever you are. Reignite your passion. How can we do that, Pastor? How is your Bible meditation been so far? How is your time spent with the Lord been so far? I'm not going to question anybody, but you can ask this question to yourself today. How is your time, your moments with God been so far? Have we drifted away? Can we all stand up in God's house? I want us to question ourselves this morning and reignite this passion within ourselves. I will ask you to step forward if you want to come forward. We're going to go into another time and moment of praise and worship. And during this time, you know, I believe, 
I may have limitations in, 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 in delivering my message of the lack of words or, or, or whatever. But what I'm asking you to, to do is, my friends, recognize where you have missed out. Recognize what is holding you back. Recognize your limitations. Recognize what you have missed away. And know and let God know, God, I am here to letting you know that I want help in fanning my flame that was ignited in me many years ago. But today, reignite the passion for you, O oh Lord. This month and from 26th onwards, we will have our seven days of annual fasting and prayer. This year we, had, we, had, we did our fasting prayer twice. We did it in the month of April and it was such a blessing for many families. I got so many testimonies from every individual who, who took time to fast and to pray during this time and season. I'm asking you friends, this month and as we are engaging in another time of fasting and prayer, I'm asking to reignite your faith. Can I tell you something? You have your job that is bogged down with you for 40 hours a day, you know, 40 hours a week kind of a job that you have. Do you have a guarantee that tomorrow when you go, you will continue to have a job? Sometimes what we do is when our job is lost, we come back to God. But can you find time in the midst of your job circumstances? Tuesday nights, we have prayer here. I'm asking you, come forward. Join us together for the time of intercessory prayer. Reignite your passion for the Lord. As we stand together in the gap for the kingdom that God wants to establish on earth, let us say, God, let your will be done on earth. Help us, Lord, that we may colonize this planet for your kingdom, for the calling that you have placed in our life. Reignite the flames, O Lord. Reignite a lot. I missed out. I missed out a lot big time. I missed out a lot. But reignite the flames of missions. Reignite the flames within myself a lot for prayer. Some of you boast about your prayer life for two hours and three hours. I'm praying that the Lord will increase your prayer time. One brother told me, Pastor, I used to go out in the streets to give out tracts and I used to share gospel to everybody. But today, Father, Pastor, I'm filled with fear. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the spirit of fear will be taken away. Fill them, O oh God, with the spirit of thy power to destroy. To fill them with a spirit of love, Father, to build up. And also help them, O oh Lord, with the spirit of self discipline to be consistent in what they are doing so that intentionally father we will fan this flame of revival in our city fan the flame of revival in our community in our church lord am i asking you friends i'm asking you friends step forward if that's you if you're asking, Lord, reignite within myself this passion. Reignite the attitude of prayer. Reignite the attitude of fasting and prayer. Reignite the attitude for missions, oh Lord. Reignite. If you are here, hearing me under my voice, I'm asking you to step forward. Step forward. Step forward in an attitude. I'm saying, God, you changed my heart. I am the first one as I step forward. 
We're going to a time of worship right now. I'm asking you to step forward. Step forward. God, reignite this passion within myself. Let me burn for you. Let me reignite it for your kingdom, O oh Lord. This is your kingdom's calling, O oh Lord. And I'm not going to hold myself back.